Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know, I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy, they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my tech-savvy co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitap. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So tech-savvy, because my friends, if you've ever joined us for Bosses and Breakfast, we're usually a few minutes late, wires are twisted, we forget every week how we have our phone airing on Instagram and on Facebook, so, and it's just, it's hilarious, and we're actually recording this live in front of a quote-unquote studio audience because we're we're doing this on Bosses and Breakfast, but in a more professional manner, so if you watched Mm -hmm. us live, so glad that you show up live for Bosses and Breakfast, if not, come to Bosses and Breakfast, it's on Facebook and it's on Instagram, make sure to follow us on those platforms because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, we tend to have bosses and breakfast conversational style because it's first thing in the morning and we can barely manage our tech gear. And we tend to have our Thursday podcast episodes workshop style because we mean business and we want you to make money and we want you to save time. So now we're trying to do both. And let me tell you, (laughs) it is something else. So bear with us as we get everything going. But I will say that I'm really excited because now we're converging the two. And I think that it's kind of a fun idea. You know, let's do workshop style, but let's do it in front of our bosses and breakfast. Loyal people that always show with us every single week. It would be really Really cool to include them. Yeah. So if you're listening to this in real time, we're really excited. We've just um, concluded our workshop series, which is the product boss's guide to your best year yet. And we are kicking off on February 14th, our bestseller secrets challenge. It is an incredible challenge. Tens of thousands of students have gone through it and it's totally free and they've just seen such amazing results. So if you want to join, you still have time to join, mm-hmm. head to 
theproductboss.com slash best, and you can get signed up for free. It's five days. It's totally free and it's going to be a game changer. So we're really, really excited for this to kick off with all of you and Mina. Surprise, surprise. The doors to Multistream Machine are going to be opening on February 17th. And this is the only time in the first part of this year that they're going to be open. So if you've been waiting to get into Multistream Machine, you're so excited. We get messages every day asking us when the doors are going to open again. This is your time to make really big changes in your business. So we're so excited to welcome the spring class of Multistream Machine of 2022 in. Yeah, this is exciting because it is the spring class and we always love the new influx of students that come in every single time because it's super exciting. The one time is in the fall, which is super exciting because the holiday season is like upon us. The other time is in spring, which is really amazing because it's the other kind of consumer driven time of Mother's Day coming up and, you know, going back to school and all these really, really big events that are coming up that you could really utilize to grow your business. So it's super exciting. I actually graduated in the spring every time too, even with college. So it feels like- Is that because you're just so advanced that you got done early? You know- no, like, no, I don't no. need I mean, to go to the extra, the extra quarter, like quarter <laughs> semester. I'm good. No, sometimes people, you know, sometimes people graduate in the spring or the fall or the yeah. winter time or the yeah. summer time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, head to the show notes. If you want to click on any of the URLs, um, make sure to come to the challenge or you can go to multistreammachine.com to get on the wait list. And yes, I do sometimes, you know, forget all of the URLs because there's a lot in our brains that we have to hold on to. So yeah, I mean, um, they're all in the show notes. So for all of you with the ease of use, go ahead and click down there because you'll get everything that you need to in the show notes. But we're super excited because now we get to kind of talk about something that's kind of this morning fresh from the presses. Is that what they call it? You know, hot off the presses, through the presses of our brains. Jacqueline and I were talking about this concept of how do customers find you, right? How do you get your customers to find you? And this is kind of a thorn in the side for a lot of small business owners, right? Because you always need to be in lead generation and lead acquisition. But how do you get beyond who you already have? So, that is the really big question that we are kind of talking about it, getting really lit up by chatting about it. And we thought this needs to be a podcast episode. So here we are. Yeah. I mean, the struggle is real. And and we told you that we were recording this live. And so pre-recording, we asked our community that's watching live, how do they market? How do, how do they get customers to find them? What is their number one marketing strategy? A lot of you out there listening don't do paid ads. And you know that if you listen to us, we don't teach paid ads because we know that there's not, it's, it's harder in a budget to have a product, to sell a product, to be able to compensate for the cost of that product, especially when you're starting and also run ads. It's strategic. You usually want someone to help you with it. And you also need to be able to have capacity to run ads because once you get an ad going, you don't turn that off. And it's basically, it's basically like a machine, right? Brings you customer sell, brings you customer sell, and you need to be able to keep up with that inventory. That's that's the dream. The dream, but right. first you act. Yeah, the dream is is that it's so it works so well that you're able to, you know, keep up with it on the back end. But first, you actually have to invest money to even just play around with. Like it's almost like a slot machine. So you got to figure out what works, how what's the algorithm. You know, you got to oil that baby up. Like so many things. You know, so it's just that you have to get to a certain point. Jacqueline and I are big fans of bootstrapping. We get to work. 
we know that the people that we tend to have in our audience tend to be people who have small audiences themselves, small customer bases. So they start off typically in their living rooms, you know, same as us, basement, garage, whatever it is. And then they grow exponentially from there. And it starts with bootstrapping. And the easiest way to do that is, I mean, not the easiest way. It tends to come with a small budget, but it's slower, but you learn a lot more. Like you get to actually pivot along with the feedback. So Mm -hmm. that's why we are big fans of organic. And we're going to kind of talk about that today. Like how do new customers find you, especially in a time where lots of small businesses are popping up, but how can we make this work for all of you? Right. So, you know, a lot of big businesses, if you think about big businesses out there, you feel like overnight sensations of like, how how did this company grow so fast? They started at the same time. How did it grow? This is actually Mm -hmm. a question yesterday from a student. It's because they they had the budget. They started with a bigger idea of a company. They had hundreds of thousands of dollars and they started to run ads and they mass manufactured. As a small business, whether you are manufacturing, whether you're a maker, a baker, one of a kind, an artist, however you're starting now, or maybe you've been in business for five years, 10 years. I mean, we know people that have had businesses for a decade and are still, um, you know, very much a small business and and they're maybe getting a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars in sales a month. So the idea here is that a lot of times, and, and you all said this here, is that you'll use Instagram. Instagram is the easiest way. And when it started was the easiest way to be organic in front of people. Marky Mark Zuckerberg, a long time ago, allowed for it to be organic. It just kind of popped up. It showed up in people's feeds. It changed. So what we're seeing really big businesses do, because big businesses who do advertise within these platforms are also changing their strategy a bit because Facebook ads changed last year. The algorithm or the um, syncing up with Apple iOS, it changed everything. So big business and small business between the pandemic and these changes have really had to think, how else do I market my business? And a lot of people are going back to traditional ways because traditional works. It's always been there and we're not relying on someone else. Yeah. This is the same concept that we've been talking to everybody, all of you that are listening We've told you this over and over, right? So even big businesses, even with iOS, we actually run a ton of ads and we still will continue to run ads. But the thing that happened last year was it shook the world, literally. Like we were all shook from it. We thought, oh my gosh, we're so reliant on Facebook ads. Now, what can we do? That was big business. That was small business. That was digital marketing. That was physical product. We all thought, what can we do? And so we, so Jacqueline and I, of course, you know, we already knew you need to diversify. You need to figure out what else you can do. You need to figure out, okay, if I don't want to be so reliant on this, what am I going to do? So this episode is a lot about that, where it's, you know, outside of Facebook ads, which does require a big budget. And even beyond that, you know, it's, it's not a for sure thing forever. Right. And so beyond that, what can you do and what can you start doing now? Because times have a change and you need to start thinking about it now. Yeah. So I listened to an interview of a, of a really big VP of marketing and, and e-commerce sales interview. And it was about a big coffee company that's making, you know, tens of millions of dollars and their strategy. And this is what they're doing. Okay. So I'm just going to share this and this is what we've been teaching. So a lot of you are going to be like light bulb. This is, you know, what, what you've been saying all this time. So they have two ways that they're selling to their customers right now. They're starting to They're starting to pull back on their advertising on social media platforms. They're leaning into more traditional marketing and and media. But what they're doing is they sell direct to customer 
on their Shopify site. So direct to their customers on their Shopify site. So two thirds of their business comes from direct to consumer through their own site. One third of their business is coming from Amazon. Now they're using Amazon as a discovery tool. So a discovery and a reach tool. So what that means is a discovery and reach tool is that Amazon is doing the heavy lifting, right? Amazon's doing the hard work. Amazon's the one that's basically saying, and this is not an entire episode on Amazon, but we're just giving this as an example. They're the ones that customers are going to. In fact, Jenny, who's of Sipping Streams has said when she got onto Amazon, she decided that she was going to, it was for reach. It was for people finding. People are actually going on Amazon and searching on Amazon sometimes more than Google now. So are people going on and searching your company right? Like, are they searching your company on there and saying, if they can't find it, then it puts a stopping point, right? Because it might be a new search tool for people to actually like for consumers to purchase. Okay. Let's kind of go back a little bit because, okay, one third of their strategy was to do discoverability. Even with our masterminders all the time, we're like, you need to constantly be in lead generation. Well, the other two thirds is direct to customer is what they said, right? So this is about retention getting your existing customers to buy again, building loyalty, all those things. So now we're splitting it. One third discoverability slash lead generation slash brand awareness. Two thirds is churning that where it's like rebuying loyalty, growing that way and lifetime value, customer uh, lifetime value. So getting them to rebuy again, right? Mm -hmm. So one third is new, two thirds is existing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is this is super copy that we're talking about. And so what does that mean? Now listen, they're a bigger company and they they manufacture more on a bigger scale. Not all of you are meant for Amazon. You can build yourself there, mm-hmm. but not everyone at this point that's listening is meant for Amazon. But we want to just use this as an example. So they understand that that discovery, people are going to go on a platform like Amazon to shop. They may discover right? But they're also looking for certain things. They might type in organic coffee or organic hot sauce or baby pacifiers. They're going to, they're going to type something in and then it's up to you whether it comes to the top of the list. And we teach this in multi-stream machine on like how to be searchable and how to, you know, there is a little bit of paying for ads on Amazon. Now, the two thirds that's happening on their direct to consumer on their Shopify site is for loyalty, for creating community, for people buying into the idea of this brand, for them coming back. They have a rewards program. Okay. So they give points for how you buy. So while people might discover it over on Amazon, it doesn't mean they're never going to come over to their Shopify site and buy. It doesn't mean they're not going to follow them on Instagram, but they're creating a community enough over on their, on their own platform to keep it going. Now, the other part that they said about their direct to consumer site was that they've just re-optimized the site because there's two things they need their site to do. They need their site to be understandable to new customers. So if they're going to drive traffic to this website, the customer can easily learn, why am I buying your coffee and not other people's coffee? Like, what about this company? Like, what am I buying into? And, but it also needs to work in terms of retention. It needs to work so that your customers can easily remember, oh yeah, I bought this coffee the last time. I, I want a subscription. I want you to deliver it every three weeks. You know, I'm doing, I'm getting points. So it's more valuable for me to come buy from you than on Amazon, Amazon's convenience. But if I buy directly from your website, I might get X amount off or earn a free bag of coffee. So they're using both platforms. One is for reach. 
The other one is for retention. One is for reach. The other one is for building community. And so if you Mm -hmm. look at this as a really big company that has more money than most of us here to advertise, they are really, they're thinking about multiple platforms, right? They have a multi-stream machine of revenue drivers and also the idea of how do I get new customers to discover me? Yeah. And that was just an example. So before we go too deep into the Amazon world, for example, because we've always said that Amazon takes, and this is what everybody is like, oh no, I don't want this to happen. They take 15%. But just remember the way that we've said it always is that it has to do with visibility and with sales. So that means that it's a marketing play as well right? Because just like uh, Jacqueline mentioned earlier with Sipping Stream, she talked about the reason why she is on Amazon is because she's based in Alaska, which is very isolated and she uses Amazon for exposure. Now it doesn't have to be Amazon. Some people do the same thing with Etsy, for example. Some people do the same thing with wholesale, right? So for example, we have lots of students, even, you know, Kevlin of Festive Gale. She does the traditional route where she does exposure through small boutiques, and big boutiques too, right? And so she gets exposure from other people helping to expose her to more people. That's where she's bringing in the leads. That's where people are saying, oh, that's a festive gal crown, you know? So that again is discoverability. Now that's one third of her plan, but what's the other two thirds? She pushes people to her website to get them to buy again. And I will tell you one purchase does not make a loyal customer. One purchase is just one purchase. In order to create retention and a loyal customer, you need to get them to buy again and again. So for example, it has a lot to do with customer journey and experience from you and the way that you treat them. Like if you have exceptional fulfillment and customer service or you have rewards programs, right? Like I bought, for example, I just bought my first ever Farm Rio dress, right? And I was like, this is so exciting. I've been following them for a really long time. I've wanted this dress. I have expectations around it, but does that make me a loyal customer? Not yet. Unless it comes and fits me well and I have to, let's say, return it and I get a good experience. Or it comes and it fits me well and I keep it and I love it. I love the way it looks on me. I love the emails that they send me. I love all these, the experience around it. Then that makes me even more of a more loyal customer and I will buy again, right? So it's not just the first purchase, right? But let me say something. the direct to customer section of it. But here's the thing though. I mean, the retention. If Mina only wears the dress, she wears the dress, but she never hears from them again. Like she Mm -hmm. doesn't get, because I get text messages from them on a daily, but I want the text messages on a daily because I get VIP access to the early sales. Okay. I also get emails from them. I also follow them on social because when you're a fan of a brand, you're going to sign up for all the things. You're not going to be annoyed because you're really excited that things are Mm -hmm. on sale or that you get first access or the new collections come out. But if Mina wore the dress, and did not hear from them ever, and it was radio silence, it may not push her over the edge to buy again. She, she's busy. She's got her life to live, right? There's things that are happening. And so, and so if she doesn't know that a new collection has dropped or a new style, or she doesn't get an email that's like, hey, how was your product? How was your experience? Or a follow-up to that or any of that, she may not take, make a purchase for a very long time until some, you know, she has another trip coming up or something like that. And she goes, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do that. So then I have to think of them on my own though. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's ones exactly like that you are raving fans of, and then you become a loyal customer, 
right? So unless you're buying from them, but typically you stay on their list. Like free people is one of the ones that I get so many text messages from them, so many emails, and I will never leave them because I want to keep buying from them, right? So I think you have to really think of it. It's not just the one thing, right? It's not like they discover you. That's it. That's all you have to do. They, you actually have to keep moving it forward, right? So they're moving from the one bucket of they've discovered you, you know, let's say on Amazon or a wholesale or wherever it is, over to the other bucket of retaining them after the first purchase and getting them to buy again and getting them more loyal and more loyal. And then that bucket keeps growing, which is the best margin. And you do what you need to do to get discovered, so the new eyes, right? So what are some ways, like even beyond Amazon, we're talking kind of like yeah. the buck, yeah, you know, that and we can think about how customers can find you. And this is the basis of our of our flagship signature course, which is multi-shoe machine, right? We've been teaching this for years. This is the very first thing Mina and I ever taught together before we were even business partners. We taught this at a panel, which was multiple streams of revenue for a small business. A lot of times people don't realize they think sales, but they don't think marketing. And that's why we say sales and visibility go hand in hand, right? You you need to work on your visibility and sales and they both can kind of lean over each other. So another example, and you brought up Kevlin, we could bring up Jenny of Sipping Streams or Kevlin of Festive Gal, is that they're using wholesale as a discovery and reach platform that will generate sales. It's not their main platform. It's not the thing that's going to make the most money for them right now, but it's something that they can get in front of other people's audiences. So, and then they still have their direct to consumer. Jenny has a brick and mortar and a cafe that she has up in Alaska. Kevlin does do direct to consumer. She's on, she has her own Shopify site and she's really, she works on Instagram a lot. Like that's her, but, but Instagram is the thing that reinforces the brand, but it's not her discovery and reach tool. Okay. Or a discovery and reach platform. And that's what you're all t- asking us. You're like, how do I get more people to discover me and buy from me? What are you doing mm-hmm. for discovery and reach? So wholesale, going to trade shows, you know, getting a sales rep, getting on a wholesale platform, getting into other retailers' shops, they have their own customers they're bringing for you, right? They uh-huh. So people are able to discover you in real life, which by the way, Mina, I didn't buy Farm Rio yet because I wasn't sure how it was going to fit me and they're on the mm-hmm. more expensive side. I saw that they were in Nordstrom's. And so I actually went into Nordstrom's and tried on a, a few up, pieces. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that incredible? I, I love that. Yeah. And I've also seen them in anthropology. They're not always in anthropology, mm-hmm. but I have. And I was like, oh, this online brand is in real life now. It reinforced mm-hmm. the brand again to me. I got to actually try it on and, and it overcame my objection of if I buy this $450 dress and it doesn't fit, am I going to send it back? Like what's the return policy? It just caused chaos in my own mind. So I didn't ever mm-hmm. buy it. This is happening for your customers as well. Yeah. Right. So I actually got my dresses and I'm super excited about them because I actually visually, it's hard to know what they look like because the models don't look like us, you know, they look like models. They look like models. (laughs) And so it looks, I don't like to have things to be like too short. You know, I'm like really particular and things like that. And actually when I got it, I was like, it fit so perfectly. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really love it. Cause it actually ended up fitting different on me than it looked like on the model. And I was like, okay, this is great. So even having that, you know, I, I, it would have been really nice. I know they're a bigger company, but to have somebody who actually like was on video to show it, 
right? To be wearing it, to show like the, it was like a tiered dress. And I liked how like they were kind of like more poofy than I expected, you know? And so like to show somebody, you know, in 3D or in visual aspect of it in action versus. So I think that that is something we as small businesses can do a lot of the things that even these bigger businesses are doing, bigger, small businesses, right? So they're, they are doing a lot of cool things that we could even impart into our own businesses. So even when I think about like Sean Sargent Design and Mindy from Made for Mama Shop, they're both in our masterminds. For example, they use wholesale in a different way, right? They use wholesale. But to they're be also in- students, or Mindy's a student. Yeah, in they're all. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. Right. They're all, actually, I think Sean is too. They're they're also in multi-stream machine where they use subscription boxes. So it's a different thing. Instead of boutiques, they're going to subscription boxes, and they are using the wholesale model of going into those and using it as part of their marketing budget to get those people to come back around, discover them, and then get into that bucket of finding them via the the wholesale and um, uh, subscription boxes. So the other, it's not in a boutique form, but it's in subscription boxes. So I think that that is really interesting too, understanding that just because we say wholesale doesn't mean it's a certain way, right? Wholesale can mean a whole lot of different things, you know? Because wholesale is a business model versus a platform, but it serves the same purpose, discoverability and sales, visibility and sales. When Jacqueline was talking about how we teach about it, where it goes hand in hand, there's that crossover that we keep talking about that you kind of go like parlay it into each other because it serves as part of your marketing budget as well as creating some sort of return and investment in the sales portion of your business. Okay, we're just going to interrupt this episode for a second because we have a really important question for you, Product Boss. Have you ever noticed how some people in the product space are just known for something? It's like their customers know exactly what to seek them out for because their products stand out that much. Think Juicy Couture track suits or Nike running shoes or even Nespresso coffee machines. Meanwhile, you feel like you're cranking out products left and right, but nothing is landing. Am I right? Well, we have a little secret to let you in on. Successful product bosses know that in order to truly scale their business, they have to focus on what's working. It's not about making more products and throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that something sticks. It's about being known for something and going all in on those products. Wondering how to do that? Well, we're here to help. This is exactly what we've helped thousands of students do in our free bestseller secrets challenge. And we'd love for you to join us inside of it. We're going to help you uncover your bestsellers so that you can go deep instead of wide and maximize your opportunities that are already right in front of you. So guess what? No more doing all the things to grow your sales, no more endlessly creating products and no more guessing and wondering what your audience will buy. It is time to tap into your best revenue opportunities. It is 2022. Let's lean into what's working in your business so you can stop doing all of the things. We want to invite you to join this free challenge that starts Monday, February 14th. That's right. Valentine's Day. We're going to spend it with you. So head to bestsellersecretschallenge.com and you can get signed up for free right there. Again, head to bestsellersecretschallenge.com and we'll see you inside. Don't be scared of the percentages. Okay. So don't be mm-hmm. scared of the percentage of I have to pay Amazon 15% or I have to pay fair, you know, 25% for my first order mm-hmm. or whatever these numbers are that you're afraid of. 
Don't be afraid of them because you're telling us right here that you don't have cash money in the bank to spend on ads, right? You're not paying a huge marketing company. You're trying to do all of this organically. So what if I told you, I'll give you a hundred dollars, right? I'll give you a hundred dollars and you just need to give me $15 to get it in front of a lot of people. You would say, oh yeah, like I'll take the hundred, you keep the 15, get it in front of a lot of people. That's what you're doing when you're marketing on, when you're, when you're, you may be doing, giving away percentages. And the reason they, they charge those percentages is because they're doing the heavy lifting. Your $15 would never get you as far as working with them and a partnership would get you. So getting on a wholesale platform, selling on Amazon, paying a wholesale sales rep a commission, all of these things are just, it's part of growing your business and that partnership of reach. You're asking how do we get more visibility? You need to get in front of other people. And I'm sure a lot of you feel like your hands are tied. I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I keep posting reels. I keep posting on Instagram. I keep trying all of this stuff and it's just not working because you're not paying Marky Mark Zuckerberg. So Mm -hmm. he's not letting you get very far. So then where are you going to do it? So I would rather you invest your money in giving percentages back to the platforms that are actually selling your products than just in this like invisible virtual world of boosting a post, you know? Yeah. Unless you see a good return on that. Even the percentages for Amazon, it's 15% of what you sell. So 15% of $0 is $0. You know, sure, you have to pay $40 to have an account. $40, I'm pretty sure you spend that on on anything nowadays, you know? I mean, so you pay more than that now on all of the streaming services that we have. Like, yeah, easily, right? $40 a month. (laughs) Yeah. So you get the value back, right? So it's like the risk is $40 and you do the work to at least make $40, but potentially what could you make? And you pay 15% of it. Now your numbers have to add up in the way that you can still be profitable. But just imagine as a small business, how much money you would have to make in order to get in front of those eyes that Amazon's putting you in front of. It is an astounding number. I will tell you that you would never get in front of those eyes as a small business without the help of something bigger. Now that's just an Amazon example. Let's talk about a wholesale, right? You could talk about wholesale platforms. If you get onto a wholesale platform, which we do teach a multi-stream machine, you would have to go to trade shows which can cost you between, depending on, but you know, if it's in the more professional type trade shows, they could be up to $5,000 plus your booth. Easily. So you'd have they to pay. They probably include internet nowadays. Back in our day, you had oh. to pay a hundred, 200, and 300 extra dollars. You didn't get electric and our devices, like I had to bring a computer screen and that didn't work without, you know, there oh, no, good the luck having internet exist. in a metal building. <laughs> oh, it was a whole thing. So, <laughs> so when you're going to markets, when you're trying to get in front of wholesalers, right? Buyers at stores, you have to pay to be at those trade shows. So it's travel, time spent out of your office, money for the booth. We just had a whole bunch of our students get back from Atlanta market and Dallas market. Okay. One of the days, one of our students messaged us and was like, I got zero sales. I'm freaking out. First day was totally dead. Nothing happened. And we talked her off the ledge a little bit. She's a multi, or she's a masterminder as well. And so they get access to us and we said, okay, well, if not this, then these are some other ways to do it. 
Fortunately, the second and third day, she killed it. She did amazing. It was just traffic. But you could also be at a trade show. I've been at a trade show. I worked for Celebrity. I was at a trade mm-hmm. show and we did an entire fashion show at like Tao Las Vegas, all of these amazing things that we did and zero, zero sales. I sat in that booth for three days thinking, I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, this is pre-Instagram. I couldn't just like, you know, message out to the world yeah, to like come you, visit. You, and it was pre-content creators. Because you could have used that content, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't in real time. And so the thing is, is you could also be paying for a booth and make no money. You make Mm -hmm. zero sales, even though they're telling you they're going to bring sales. So what we really want to get across to all of you is that, and we talk about this, we talk about this all the time, other people's platforms, other people's audiences. What Mm -hmm. What you're all asking for is how do I reach more people? How do people know that I exist? And so it's that reach and discoverability. And the way that you do this as a small business is you partner with bigger platforms to diversify your platforms, even an in-person show, an in-person market. Yeah, you're doing an in-person. that's actually where I wanted to go okay. too, because when you were talking, you know, a lot of people, especially with 2020, I get it. Before 2020, I will tell you, a lot of people did did not want to do in-person markets. They, they were, were over like, them. It burns me out. Yeah. I totally get it. Like it does burn you out because a lot happens during in-person markets. So we're talking craft fair, local markets, that sort of thing. And it's coming back like a bang, you know? So this idea of local, starting local in-person markets, plus being in person with people, you get exposed to people that you would never even be exposed to within even your own community, Mm -hmm. right? So we teach a lot in Multistream Machine about the idea of in-person markets and how you can make it to your advantage because it's a a kind of a course in itself. I always used to, I actually really loved the trade show life, the craft market life, that sort of thing. Oh my gosh, but it was so much energy. So you have to go in with an intention, walk out with an intention that sort of thing. And so with in-person markets, you have to really think about why am I here? What am I trying to do? And if it's to be discovered, how can I use that to my advantage? And so now, right now with, you know, I know that markets are being closed or being open, but in the times of certain things, you can reach out to local people and do pop-ups. You can, you know, there are lots of places in Iowa, everything's open honestly. So markets are happening as they go. And it's a way for you to get discovered by other people that you would normally not get discovered in front of. Now with the mindset of knowing that I want people to just discover me, I'm going to stand out there and tell them about me, you know? So I think that's another one that's so powerful. We know lots of brands that started out on the, like the farmer's market circuit, And they just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger because they got the feedback that they needed. Mm -hmm. And so the thing though about that, right, that's traditional brick and mortars, you know, pop-up markets. This is, I mean, this is since the beginning of time, people had booths and sold to people in real life, right? I mean, still street vendors. All things, right? So what you need to do though, as a business owner, as a marketer, right? It's discoverability and reach. You've, people have discovered you, you've reached new customers. That's exactly what we're all saying as a problem here, right? Like it's, how do I reach new people? How do they discover me? So we're using in-person market as an example. This is something mm-hmm. we teach in our- This is an example of foot traffic. That's right. what makes it traditional. And this is very much something that we teach in Multistream Machine because we know so many of you, especially pre-2020, this was a main driver. 
What we also teach is how to actually make it work for you when you leave the trade show, when you or the market, when you take down your booth, when you pack everything up and you walk away. How do you continue to connect with those customers? How does it go from discoverability and reach to retention, to buying again, to remembering you exist? Maybe it was a not right now, but you they've discovered you and reached you, you've connected. And then it's the same with Mina's dress, right? Oh, they saw it. Or like, let's say me, I still haven't bought my first farm Rio. So I get the text messages. I get the emails. I'm constantly on their website going through it. I've seen them at Nordstrom's. I've seen them in anthropology. I still have not made my first sale. So how are you then going to convince me to buy? It's going to just be about the right time for me, right? It's the right product. Maybe a certain thing goes on sale. Maybe I don't, I'm not convinced about the prints, but eventually it is. So that's that connection point. And that's something we absolutely teach. I know a lot of people in the comments are saying email list. Yes. A hundred percent. So there's somebody that said that she hates in-person events. So sometimes uh, being an introvert, I totally get that, right? I used to cringe at the idea of it. But then when I started thinking about it as a whole, and when you start figuring out like the things that you want to sell, like one of the things was like, I used to sell my scrapbooking stuff and I was really into scrapbooking, you know, and uh, like this event that was like $50 that I would host and everything. And it was really easy selling that compared to selling, like I've helped my sister sell, sell and dot, dot jewelry. And, you know, she's helped me that sort of thing. So I think that you have to understand that it's a little bit of an education piece too. But back then I actually didn't know about email lists. I wish I had. So if I had gone in thinking, you know what, I'm going to set up. I hope to make some sales. I'm going to get really, really good at my messaging. That's my intention today is get really good at what people are buying, how I sell it, you know, um, how I can feel better about it because otherwise I'm going to have to show up on video, which I really dread, right? (laughs) And now I'm just going in, I'm going to get 50 emails so I can email those people later. So they will buy the dress for me later. Right. I'm going back to the farm Rio thing, but there needs to be some sort of pulling them back in. Now, if I didn't have Jacqueline's email and I was farm Rio, she would just be wandering out in the world, not even thinking about me. You know, she might be aware of me, but it would be way, way back in her mind you know, it would take her thinking of it versus me reminding her of it. And most likely I probably wouldn't because I'd have an influx of everybody else's emails and text messages and videos and all the other things. And something else would take my money, right? I would spend it on something else. So, cause there's, you know, there's a few things we hold that were like one day, but something else will take your customer's money. So, And if you need help with, so it's list building because people are saying, you know, email, yes, but it's list building, which is the very, very, very beginning of once they discover you and reach you, you need to make that connection. It's think about it like dating. Think about all of this like dating. You know, if you stay at home and never go out, you never get on an app, you never go out to, I don't know where people meet people these days, the park, a bar, you're not going to meet someone. So you have to take action and go somewhere, right? You're using online, you're getting onto other people's platforms, you're um, exposing yourself, you're friendly, you're talking to people. Now that date, that potential of dating only goes so far if you're not going to speak up, if you're not going to connect, if you're not going to ask for that person's phone number, or at least slide into their DMs, you know? So if Mm -hmm. there's no connection and then there's no 
exchange of information, then that you may have met someone and said, and then that's that long lost love. Like they're gone. They're gone forever. Osmosis. Give me a call. It's been three days. (laughs) You can find me somehow on the internet by searching my face. Right. So you have to think about this in the way of like, it's the same thing, right? You need to make, these are real human beings that you're connecting with. Your customers are real human beings. They're you, they're me, they're all of us. And how do you then connect and keep that relationship going, right? So I have somebody, someone over here says, you know, multi-shoe machine is so worth every penny. Just the additions alone have helped so much. They're saying that because what we are doing, and it's going to be for this next round, and it was for this last round, and actually everybody had access to it, is how to build your email list. Mm-hmm. And it was building it on all of these different platforms. You go in person, um, you know, like you're on social media. If you're going to spend all of this time on social media, at least be building your email list. So yeah. we definitely help it in like the whole of that. But I, I, does this make sense for everyone? Do you feel like this is starting to kind of go you know, you want yeah. people to discover you, but what are you doing to get them to discover you? A hundred percent. Because if we go into a third and two thirds, what's the third? How are our people finding you? There's some people that are like, but I don't want to do video. I don't want to do in-person. I don't want to do, you know, Amazon. I don't want to do wholesale. Well, what are you going to do? What's the third going to account for? So I would love for you to figure out what that is for you. Tina says, I love in-person events. I love getting to know people. I've picked up golf tournaments and weddings, which turns into hundreds of new customers. Tina, can you let us know like your revenue? Because Tina is also, aren't you a multi-stream machine student? And you having that frame of mind of loving a certain piece of discoverability that has helped you grow your business. Am I right? Right? So I think that when we're thinking about discoverability, it takes more than one thing. So while we love in-person events, it's not just in-person events. You show up and that's done deal. You know, voila, osmosis. Isn't That's not going to happen. You need to, Tina needs to be gathering their emails. She needs to email them. She needs to recommend that they follow her on Instagram perhaps, or she needs to show, okay, hey, here's our product, which I have bought stuff at the farmer's market and it not have a website on there. And I'm just like, why, oh, why would you not have your website on there? Now I can never, ever buy this sunscreen that was like in a bar, you know, ever again. So really be thinking about how are they going to find you? Just like Jacqueline said, is it, you know, the DM? Is it email? Is it text message? Because otherwise I'm going to have to find you myself and that's not going to happen. So that's the thing. We can sit passively at home on our couch, watching Netflix, doing nothing, hoping that the love of our life somehow knocks on our door when we ordered pizza, or Mm -hmm. we go out and we make it, we, we are taking action in our lives and we're making sure that people that we're exposing ourselves, that we're interacting, that we're getting, we're getting in front of all these people, like groups and groups of people that then are, that your chances go up. So I want you all Mm -hmm. to think about this of like, am I sitting on my couch or am I doing an effort? Like, am I hoping that people just discover me by posting and posting and posting and reels and all the things? Or am I taking actual action that a business owner, that the boss of my business would actually take? And we make it simple. Our framework is simple. What we teach in multi-stream machine is, is simple, but in depth. And when I say simple, it's not using lingo and language that feels overwhelming. You know, we don't usually use the word customer acquisition or retention because Mm -hmm. it's, it is that, 
but we break it out into steps that feel doable for all of you, that you are building these businesses from home, that you have families that you're raising, that you might have a full-time job, that you know you have other things going on in your life. And we get that. And we know that you are you're here, you're listening to our podcast, you're investing yourself in, in courses because you want this thing to grow. You want it to work. And we give you mm-hmm. so many different paths to profit to make it work. We've seen this happen. We have we have a couple thousand students in this course, or I think it will be about a couple thousand. And it is, and it's working for them. And mm-hmm. everybody has a different version of this. They all pick a different version. They just pick something else and then they start to see that momentum happen. And I want you all to realize that you actually do have control over the speed in which your company grows. So don't feel like, oh, this sounds like it's going to work, but I don't actually really want it to work in the next, you know, whatever months because of whatever your reasons are. Just know it'll work if you do the work and you get to control the gas pedal on how fast you go. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And it's not about being in all the places that's not what discoverability is about. It's about doing, I don't want to use the word optimize because it just doesn't make sense in a lot of people's brains. It means doing better at what you're showing up for. So for example, if you're showing up in person, you start gathering the email list, you follow up with the people, you show them your bestseller, you get to know the vendors around you, whatever it is, right? If you're on Amazon, you build out your brand on there. You push traffic to there. You um, learn how to do ads on there because it's pay-per-click, right? If you want to do them or not, that's up to you. But at least you're knowledgeable, you know? If it's wholesale, you figure out what businesses are right for you and how to find those businesses. You'll put your product in front of the people that have the same type of audience coming into their boutiques, you know? So it's really about going deep in the things that are aligned with your business, not about being everywhere, doing all the things. It's just about getting knowledgeable enough to know what works for you and your business, you know? And that is what discoverability is about. It's about multiple touch points, but really aligning it with you in how you're doing it. That's what makes it simple, right? You can kind of tell what you like to do and what you don't like to do, right? Or you can go 1% better every single day at that specific thing that you're doing, you know? So I think that that really is the thing that we want to encourage all of you to do is that to make it, to build it how you want to build it. And there's so many different ways that people are doing it because we're all different people. You know, we're excited for all of you to join Multistream Machine, for you to go into the challenge with us coming up. Make sure you head to theproductboss.com slash best. If you have not signed up already with our workshops, which were amazing, you would have gotten VIP access into it. So we cannot wait for you to join us. And thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. 
We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the Shop One in Five Pledge and Small Business Shopping Directory. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So head to shoponeinfive.com to take the pledge. And friend, while you are there, check out and shop from hundreds of small businesses in the Small Business Shopping Directory. It's the go-to directory to discover, support, and shop small businesses all in one place. Head to shop1in5.com.